Hi, this is Toby Radloff, the genuine nerd from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie. <laughs> to this date right here, uh, December 2nd, we're coming from, I believe. December You'll be hearing 3rd. this later next week. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, right now, you should be getting ready to uh, listen to some nice Greg DeLisso, uh, you know, filmmaker extraordinaire from Hectic Knife and Psycho Ape episode should be up rocking right now. But we live in the future. We live in the now here at Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie. So, uh, Mel, how you doing over there in the now, right I'm, now? I'm doing right now. I don't know about later, but right now I'm all right. <laughs> We're in the time of the seasons, you know what I mean? Yep, uh, it's the season of caring and giving and all that other bullshit that people like to spew about. Yeah, there's a lot of spewing going on out there, you know what I mean? Yep, I want to see just how caring and giving people are this year. It'll be very kind. Everybody will give from the bottom of their hearts. Yeah. The, the bottom of everything, realistically. So, um, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're going to kick it off here real quick. We got our guests. We're about to bring them in. Um, is there anything you wanted to touch base on or anything before we br- bring the guest in this evening? Uh, not really. Not at the moment. We've got, uh, so yeah, well, well, without further ado, we'll bring them in. Uh, folks, this is Tim Mellican, executive producer on Seasons, uh, upcoming horror anthology film. You may have seen the poster floating around the interwebs on the social medias. Very captivating. Pulls you right in. Looks good. You know what I mean? Yep. There's a lot um, of talk because of the, the cast that's been assembled for this. Yep. Very cool horror cast in here. We'll uh, wait for him to get in before we fully dive in. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. We got Sean C. Phillips is up in there, which is nice. You know, there's a few familiar faces that uh, we've brushed path, paths with in the past. Yep. And there's actually some people that are on the movie that are known names or acquaintances of the show, you know, by association from other friends. So yeah. it's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon with shock treatment. We keep it sizzling like bacon. <laughs> Baconator. Uh, Kevin Bacon? Uh, yeah, uh, the Baconator is now sponsoring the, the show. Hey, what's, what's going, going on? on? Tim, how you doing? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can now. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Good. Good. Mel, can you hear everything? I can hear everything now. I like it. I like it. So we were just giving a brief, you know, telling the audience real quick, a, a brief description of, you know, what, what we're going to be talking about this evening before we brought you in. Um, you know, I guess from the get-go, we'll start from uh, where, where, we, where all these, these tales start with the love. Where did the love for the horror, the horror come in your life? When did you get down? When was the first time 
you watched a horror film and said, I want to be involved with this, not just watching them, but want to be involved with the making of these films. I think we lost them. <laughs> That's either the best, the best job of staying still I've ever seen in my life or we lost them. I can see light breathing on the, on, on, on the hoodie. Oh, he's no longer there. We lost him. Tim will be back with us in a moment. So while Tim's gone, we're going to talk about things, you know. Mad Mel, what's some of your favorite anthology films? Some of my favorite anthology films. Uh, definitely going to have to say Tales for, of Halloween. Yeah. Brian exploitation movies are pretty good from Trauma. Anthology yeah. films are always great because you get a little bit of everything or they all tie in some way, shape, or form. But we have Tim back now. Tim. Sorry about uh, that. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, technology. Nobody can Nobody can uh, put their finger on it. Yeah, so um, I was saying uh, six or seven years old, uh, went down. I was sleeping over my cousin's house in, uh, in Newburyport, Mass., actually. And um, I went down the stairs, halfway down the stairs, as my, um, my aunt and uncle were watching Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one on VHS. And uh, we watched the whole movie, my cousin and I, like over their shoulder. They didn't even know we were doing that. So, I mean, I was like six or seven at the time. And, you know, it scared the crap out of me, but it was fun at the same time. And I was kind of hooked on horror from that point. Um, but actually, like, wanting to get involved in making it. It wasn't until, I think, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 came out. And I just fell in love with um, the production value and just the, the, the cast and, and how it looked like they had a lot of fun. And I'm like, you know what? I actually want to do movies. I don't want to act in them. I don't want to, you know, necessarily direct them, but I want to make them somehow. So that's how I got into figuring out how to do producing. That's a good deal. I'm always saying, you know, the, the business needs more producers. You know, you, you always see everybody's trying to direct and direct and direct. And, yeah, no, uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you need, we need more producers out there for sure. Yeah. And I think, like, considering this is your first movie, your, your, your first big production, the cast mm-hmm. that you've got, together for this this film it's unreal. unbelievable we are maddie and i have had the pleasure of meeting just about or being friends with everybody that's in this movie yeah so how did it feel maybe not everybody well but... most everybody i think the only person that i'm not friends with is quite possibly jeremy london but i talked to everybody else <laughs> so, yeah yeah that, was, that came out of that came out of left field but i'll i'll, <laughs> I'll give you a little secret um, we actually reached out to Brian O'Halloran for that part um, and from Clerks. And what yeah. ended up happening was uh, he just wasn't comfortable um, signing the deal for whatever reason. So, you know, sticking on the Mallrats and Clerks and Kevin Smith universe, because we wanted someone who could who wasn't horror for that particular role that um, yeah. in, in the harvest. And you know what? I I think it was Jeremy London posted something about his um, pepper jelly that he's selling now, and I went ahead and bought one. And you have to buy it through him directly. And I'm like, you know what? Hey, would you want to read the script for this movie? And you know, we sent it to Brian, but uh, I would like to send it to you. And, and listen, that is the that is the goriest segment in the whole film, and literally, it's disgusting. And I'm I was shocked that he not only said yes, he was like. He said, fuck yeah, I want to do that. You know, <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But um, everybody else, you know, it's, it's literally a, a walking convention. I mean, we have literally. literally. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
And, you know, but at the same time, we didn't want to have to deal with all these different agents and SAG people. We tried that in the beginning. We reached out to some bigger stars, obviously, and we were going to go for like one or two. Um, but the agent the whole thing was just a pain in the ass. I made it my thing. And also Brandon Brooks, who's been helping me out. Uh, producing yeah, Brandon's a great well. guy. Yeah, he's awesome. And he he um, he helped me really, really well uh, trying to find actors and actresses that we that were in the horror genre or subgenres that uh, we could you know message directly. And every single one that we've had on there, we message literally directly or Brandon already knew them or worked with them in the past. So it's just literally surreal. I'm pinching myself all the time. I mean, I just had a phone conversation with uh, Reggie Bannister's wife this, you know, earlier today. Yeah, um, he's a sweetheart. Yeah, you know, and, and it's just nuts. And I've literally interviewed, you know, five of the cast, like uh, Lisa Wilcox. Um, and uh, we did an interview on our channel um, with Felissa Rose. You know, they're just so nice. They're, but the best part is every single person we sent the script to, not only did they email us back and say they love the script, but they like literally told us via phone, like that they actually really, really love this script. They think it's going to be something awesome. So that helps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Lynn Lowry's in there, which is nice. Yeah. She's yeah. a sweetheart. We did a documentary with her back there. I, yeah. I was, uh, I led a, one of the panels at Scaracon yeah. with, I did the, one of the scream queen panels one year with Lynn and, um, Kelly Maroney, and then Felissa, I did the panel last year, or the year before with with um, Kate Hodge, so like, me and Felissa, yeah. I love, I absolutely adore Felissa, she yeah. just yeah. has so much energy, and she just, I know. like, you could be in the worst mood, and she's gonna come screaming at you, and throw herself at you, and just brighten yeah. your whole day up. Exactly, I was nervous the first time, because I, I hadn't met her, I, hadn't, I haven't really gone to many conventions, so I you know, doing that interview with her, she was just, she made it so easy. It was really nice. And same thing yeah. with Lisa Wilcox too. She was a real sweetheart. Um, now you mentioned a couple of names that we, <laughs> we actually had as like plan B and plan C, you know, for this film too. Kelly Maroney was one that we were going to reach out to if, if somebody else didn't sign. And, and I think Kate Hodge was on the list as well. And uh, that's, that's funny, but uh, we have like four other films that we're, we have scripts ready for. We're ready. As soon as we get done with seasons, um, you know, before we even finish filming seasons, we're going to start, on a couple other projects that are equally unique and equally messed up and really, really, some are really disgusting. Some are more, have a more science fiction element to it, but everything is based on horror. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we need, some more, we need some more good films out here right now because I don't know, like the mainstream horror is kind of lacking. So I, I, I'm finding myself, you know, because of Matt's doing as well, going more towards the indie horror and yeah. Of yeah. watching movies just because they're, they're so much better be, because you guys make masterpieces out of budgets that aren't that great i know that's that's the that's the goal so that, that was our goal from day one and that's what you know subsoil's goal is is to do what like full moon did um more than trauma because you know trauma is just they stick to their guns they're punk rock they have their rules they they, they love what they do and they do a great job of what they do but Full Moon was more like, we're going to make this look or try to make it look like a million dollar blockbuster, even though it's not with right. like no money, with like $100,000. I mean, that's more like what we want is Empire of Pictures, early Full Moon. That's more right. so what we're doing, but also put our own stamp on it. Because listen, a lot of this stuff wouldn't even be Full Moon that we're, we have written. I mean, it's, it's just too gory or too campy or, or vice versa. Um, but this particular script for Seasons is like the perfect blend. Um, it's not my script. This is like the only one that we have so far that's not even mine. Um, but it was ready to go. That's the reason why we did this first. 
Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the writer and the director, Benjamin Swicker, he um, he wrote The Dissolving Man, which a good friend of ours was on board for to do with makeup on. Yeah, so we, we were talking I was about over, I was over his house and he was showing me uh, some of Matt's films. Well, he didn't actually show me the films, but he wouldn't part with he wouldn't even let me borrow them. He let me borrow a ton of his films. <laughs> um, we're talking about Billy Coyne, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he wouldn't—he wouldn't let me borrow any of Matt's films. So he's like, "No, you're gonna have to reach out to Matt." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, Matt. I haven't seen any yet, man. But I, I'd love to. Trust me. Dude, they we look cool. Boombastic Media YouTube page. We got. All right, man. I'll check that out for sure, and okay. I'll share. Yeah. yeah, Billy's good man. Yeah, I heard a lot about uh, Benjamin through Billy. That was yeah, a, I think I seen uh, the Dissolving Man at. It was either at Neil Jones's uh, film festival, like the online film festival, or maybe at Dead of Autumn. It could be. Yeah, it could be. Because, yeah. uh, uh, sorry, Neil and um, the line producer, uh, Phil Healy, are like good friends. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's what it is. Um, yeah. yeah. But a- ASL, we, we, we have both of those. I, I, I posted them on a couple watch parties in our seasons group. Um, where I'd like to show some films, but also I'd throw in Ben's shorts because he also has this one called ASL, which is much shorter than Dissolving Man, but it's, man, it's, it's, it's nasty. I love it. Wait, how'd you guys <laughs> link up? Um, so, through Subsoil. Basically, I was searching for people to write my concepts for me since yeah. I'm not a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was testing people out, looking at what they already had. And, and he was one that found me via Twitter, which I don't usually go on because I can't stand Twitter. But, um, it's a necessary evil. And, and he reached out to me and said, uh, Hey, w- what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I'm looking for people to write stuff for me. And he's like, okay, well, while I'm writing something for you here, you know, look at this and see if you want to produce this. And I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah, this is amazing. I mean, I didn't, and it normally, listen, I didn't want to do an anthology first. That was the last thing I wanted to do, man. Cause it just logistics. But on top of that, it being a seasonal, I can, you, you guys know, Massachusetts or new England, right? You, yeah, you're talking about, you, you, you're, you're fine. You gotta do then, it like you can't. And do then it all let's once. throw it. And then let's throw in COVID right now. Just, oh, yeah, you know, that's the worst. Add the icing on the cake. Uh, it's been yeah. horrible. It's been horrible. We've been, we've been we've been trying to keep our options open. We actually, you know, may or may not even film. Um, I mean, well, how do I put it? We're gonna film as much in Mass or in New Hampshire as we can. Um, but if you know, we've been talking with other people, you know, in safer zones or whatever across this country that actually have um, weather conducive locations. Uh, for some of these segments, rather than waiting till August, um, you know, we might do something elsewhere sooner too. Because again, it's, it's essentially five shorts. It's a wraparound plus four seasons, um, and it's all awesome. But listen, it, the other thing I'm excited about is that the um, besides the it's the perfect blend of gore, man. I'm telling you, it's it's awesome. Um, but the cast, the way the cast is actually spread out, we talked about the cast a bit, but like it's actually spread out. And Reggie's actually in two different segments. And then James L. Edwards, my good friend from, um, you know, the Tempe video days. Um, he's been in a bunch of J.R. Bookwalter's films. Uh, he also had his uh, directorial debut called Her Name is Krista recently, um, which is nasty. If you guys want to see a nasty film, watch that one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he's in two different segments. But we spread it out. We, I mean, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, we have uh, Eric Freeman in, in one, you know. And then we have Jeremy London, Felissa Rose, and even Diana Prince, uh, Darcy the Merrill Girl, in uh, another segment. And then we have, you know, um, man, it's just, it's crazy. I'm, it, I'm like pinching myself even thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was amazed. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, wait, I've, I, I did a panel with this one. I'm friends with this one. And I'm like, I know how, this guy must 
be absolutely ecstatic. To, and then when I saw that this was your first film, I was like, oh yeah, he's in his glory right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, you see, I know, listen, I've, I've, I surrounded myself with the best people possible. I surrounded myself with, with people that literally fill every void that I, you know, that I have when it comes down to filmmaking. And I am learning from the best people. Even before I even started Subsoil, I was talking with James Edwards. I was talking with George C. Romero. You know, they were, they were mentoring me in a way, you know, giving me pointers. And then, um, you know, having conversations with Jeff Burr, um, who's been very helpful. C. Courtney Joyner, another guy who's just been phenomenal for me. But uh, bringing in Brandon Brooks and this guy, Jesse Kozell, as my producers from subsoil side of things, um, they literally have been there, done that. And it's just not just – they don't care about the fucking money about this. They just see the passion I have. for the they, love. Yeah, because they see the passion I have for these projects. And they're like, yes, I want to be part of something that, you know, I can actually enjoy. And like, I want to do, you know, and because they're still doing their own stuff too. Um, but they're hopping on this train because it's, uh, it's exciting. What are you, are you in New Hampshire or are you Mass? I'm Lowell. Okay. I'm Lowell, Mass. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you're no, local, I'm, you're local, you're pretty, you're, you're a hometown boy for between both of us anyway, because I'm in Rhode Island. So yeah. <laughs> makes it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt, where are you from? I'm from the South Shore, Whitman. Right oh, here. South Shore. Okay, right on. Yeah, yeah, and, and Ben's like Western Mass. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you like uh, wrestling? You get down with um, wrestling? I did, man. I did. I did. Then I literally, I got. Uh, uh, I I can only have like one passion at a time, and <laughs> my passion. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah my it's kind of the extent. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> I got like the attention span of a gnat. So like, yeah. usually yeah. after yeah. three minutes, I'm bored, and then I'm on to the next thing. I'll tell you, like, you know, Ultimate Warrior is my favorite. And then uh, literally, um, I don't know, man. I, I loved wrestling growing up and stuff like that. And I've, I've watched it here and there since, but I, I can't. Uh, literally, you, you miss one day, you miss everything. It's like a soap opera. And I, I just, I exactly. feel so lost kinda, when I talk kinda, to people. Yeah, that's kind of why I got away from it. Like, as soon as Stephanie McMahon started writing the scripts, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Not even uh, going to lie. <laughs> I missed the last 10 or 15 years, unfortunately. But when yeah. I was a kid, I was a big fan. Loved it as a kid. You know? Oh, yeah, me too. Up into the Stone Cold there. I dropped off a little after Stone Cold. Same here, actually. Yeah, yeah no, be honest with you. Yeah. yeah, man. Um, but no, listen, I mean, I, um, you know, Lowell, it, it's, it's interesting. You know, eventually I'd like to, um, you know, I, I want subsoil to be virtual. I want, I'm, I'm basically, when I started subsoil back in April, yeah. I was I was looking for people to set up teams like all over the country, you know, people that share the same vision as me that um, even if they didn't write a script for me, um, if they just wanted to either direct a project or be part of the, just some sort of help the, the brand grow and just build little teams all over. Right now we have a little team in Oregon, um, Ohio, um, you know, we got New Jersey tapped um, our guy in Florida moved up to uh, Tennessee. But um, yeah, that's the mission, man. I, I just want to, um, I want to make films and I want to make as many as possible because who knows how long we're all going to live. You know what I mean? And I just, I really want to, you know, try to catch up to Charles band with his fucking 2000 films. You know what I mean? Try to take that Mickey Ward, that Mickey Ward crown. That low, That's it. Oh yeah, man. You know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But again, th- it starts with this first one. That's the reason why I, I honestly don't know if every single film is going to have this big of a cast. <laughs> okay. Well, you're but coming like, in, you're coming in big. So that's, that was you know, that might, yeah. you came out, you're coming out swinging Better on this one. Off, yeah. So that might be beneficial to you because like if other people yeah. see the cast that you got for this movie and it does as well as everybody's thinking it's going to do. Yeah. 
it's gonna it'll be so much easier probably to find people for the next movie because they'll be like oh yeah everybody was talking about how great it was to be on set and you know what a great director this person was and blah blah yeah blah. yeah and you know word of mouth just it helps yeah and, I, and honestly just the final product you know once once the film is you know edited and finished and ready to go and and we have our premiere hopefully in boston or on halloween or um, somewhere, you know, COVID pending. I mean, that's the plan is to do something locally on Halloween, uh, like for a little premiere. Um, you know, hopefully everybody will, you know, show up and, and be there and be happy and, and proud of what we did and, and move on to the next one and just keep on doing the same thing over and over again. But, um, yeah, it kind of sucks that it kind of sucks that Rock and Shock is no longer because that would have been like a perfect place to premiere. I know. Movie. It was a great not, not, yeah. yeah, you're right. And not, and, and not just that, like even, even just to promote, um, you know, uh, a lot of these cast members are missing out on um, pr- helping promote the project now, even um, at these events that aren't happening. You know, it sucks. But um, I guess like even the Rhode Island Comic Con just announced what they're, they're doing November next year. Yeah. And they're supposed uh, yeah. to, uh, at some point at the beginning of the summer, they're supposed to do like, uh, there's, there's going to be two Comic Cons next year here. Um, I want to say it's in June, but they're going to, because Terracon was the first convention that got canceled here, they're going to yeah. combine Terracon and Comic-Con, and then they're going to have another Comic-Con in November. So it's like, just three yeah. here in Rhode Island, I'm going to have to get like another job to, you know, <laughs> support know. my habit. <laughs> I was just trying to process that. Like, is that even a good thing, you know? Um combining that in, in i don't know and again oh, it's gonna everything's gonna be covid pending because like right now the convention center is set is set up as a hospital for covid patients that are yeah. in recovery so you know if that place is gonna have to be cleaned down sanitized and all the other fun stuff too before they can even go in there and use it again to do conventions or other yeah shows. yeah i mean i i again I'm, i try to stay optimistic like all the time even with everything you know for the most yeah. part and i I'm, I'm planning this. I've been planning this, uh, doing everything um, with the mindset that it's just going to get better, you know, because if I sit here and be miserable about it, because I mean, I would, trust me, I would have a few people in our crew that are like, oh, no, we're going to shut down again. And no, we gotta, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm like, listen, we just got to keep going and planning. And then if shit happens, we just alter the plans and work around it. And we yep, don't just stop now. Yeah, exactly. So um you know that's that um but we uh i don't know we got we got a, a a good thing going on and i i just listen the main the other main reason i forgot to mention um why we went balls to the wall with the cast um was because yes you're right this is my first thing no one knows me no one knows subsoil i was trying to build a brand before i even did any single thing which you know we got a couple thousand followers here and there on different platforms which is great but still people didn't know what we were um so no one knew us no one knows Ben other than local people who've seen his short, you know what I mean? Or shorts. So I was like, how the fuck are we going to sell this movie? Um, you know, and I'm like, well, let's, let's get this person, this person, this person. Cause originally it was just going to be three of those stars. Cause Ben wrote the parts for Lynn Lowry, Reggie Bannister and Lisa Wilcox. That was it. I mean, everybody else was just up in the air. Um, and then I was like, why are we going to stop there? Let's just keep going. Come on, let's go. Let's just keep going. Let's see if we can get this person. Get this person. Oh, is there, you know, what are the tiniest roles we could possibly fill with a name actor that would actually do something that small? And I just kept going and going and going. And everybody just kept saying yes. So it's like with Harris, <laughs> uh, Harrison Smith that did Death House. 
you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you're going to get dubbed the horror anthology with the Expendables thing, you know, because uh, you brought aboard. <laughs> not a bad thing, though. No, it's in the audience. You know what I mean. The reason, yeah, why they're there. You know, and, and the other, the other reason, guys, is that um, you know, especially my first film is going to be Ben's first feature. So even though it's technically five shorts, it's still his first feature. So we, we said we're not gonna, we're not just gonna go local. You know what I mean? We we need to get as many experienced cast people as possible, so that we, that's one less thing he has to worry about. We can trust. That's that one Reggie less Gannister thing you gonna, all have to worry about. Exactly. We know they're gonna we're gonna get a performance out of these people. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of people that you know we're gonna try a little harder to get their best performance out of. You know, there's a couple of people in our cast that we really signed them on so that we can make. Uh, how do I put it? It'd be their best role that people will remember them for instead of what they remember them in the past, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, kind of um, like what they did, what Rob Zombie did with Sid Haig as Captain Spaulding. Boom. That's what exactly. everybody, every one of those actors wants to hear. That's what, yep. that's what it is. That's what exactly. They want, you know, they want exactly. a second life, a second you know, round to go at things. Exactly. So that in, in particular, well, Eric Freeman, you know, he's known as a meme, you know, garbage day, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, or for Silent Night, Deadly Night too. so... I mean, we wanted to show that he can actually act. We know he can act. I mean, it wasn't that wasn't his best role, but it's his most memorable role. So we're right. like, you know what? We wrote him. I mean, we changed a few things in the script that will help give it. I mean, we know he can do it, and he'll crush it, and it's going to be a memorable role for him. And uh, even Jeremy Lennon's role. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I was again. He was. I was shocked he even took the thing. Yeah, because most but, movies I've, I, I'm familiar with, Jeremy London, are all like comedic roles. You don't really see him in anything that's serious or like. Oh, this is nuts. Or anything. So <laughs> I, I'm kind of I'm curious. I can't wait for this, yeah. you know, to come out now. It's disgusting. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm just... The I'm more you use the word disgusting and awesome um, is making me want to see this film. <laughs> yeah, it's... I'm telling you, I mean, you guys saw The Dissolving Man, right? Yeah. Obviously. So it, it, there's um, just similarities, but with vegetables, um, uh, yeah, we're making ketchup out of people <laughs> coming out of things. That that's are, awesome. You know, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's just, um, that's my favorite one so far out of all the, the segments. But yeah, I got to admit, like the horror, com- the horror community is so great about supporting one another, especially mm-hmm. with like new projects, and everybody just makes everybody feel accepted and a part of it because it was like even the same thing i mean a podcast isn't the same as doing a a feature film but like everybody's been so great film every week mel yeah we're a feature Feature film film every every week week. (laughs) (laughs) no you're right you know and listen i i i know that because i since january of 2019 i've been i I started this thing uh, god i embarrassed to say but i i follow an english soccer club okay for called west ham united which is also Triple H's favorite club. But anyway, uh, Dave Batista was in a film about, uh, that was actually filmed at that uh, team stadium. Um, the final score, I think it was called. Um, but anyway, long story short, um, I've been doing a podcast. I, it started off as just me and one friend doing a, a video chat on YouTube, you know, once or twice a week. And it evolved into a network where we had like, you know, podcasts. We have, um, you know, different people hosting shows on our YouTube channel every, you know, single week. Uh, just talking about West Ham. And um, so, again, it's like I, I felt in how to put it, like when I actually went to a game over there, it's kind of like you guys going to a convention and people recognizing you because people like, re- you know, remembered us. Even though we're Americans, we went over there and it was kind of like, you, you know, they're like, yeah, it is like a little 
you know, an hour feature or an hour, like you said, like a TV series almost, yeah. you know, for, there's a lot of people that are super loyal to you guys too. So yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. You know, I'm glad you guys are doing what you're doing and I'm going to have to listen to a lot more of your episodes now because I like you guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we appreciate that. We like having new listeners that can get the word out there. <laughs> Definitely. It's all yeah. about. Yeah. But one hand washes the other. Exactly. We're, we're good about pushing the people that, come on our show or that we're friends with that have projects in the works. So now that I'm like more familiar with more of what's going on and you know, the, the brand that you're building, it just makes it that much easier to push you. Yeah, I know. Thank you. You're going to, you're going to be an easy drug to sell. <laughs> <laughs> Did you mention which uh, like name actor you brought in first? Uh, the first person that we, uh, I think it was Lynn Lowry because she'd already read the script months before I came on the project. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like a thing until I came on. So that I, I reached out to her and said, Hey, this is a go. Hey, you want to do it? And she's like, Oh, absolutely. I've been waiting for someone to say yes to this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think she was the first, uh, and then, um, but it was like a close, there was two that we got right off the bat. Um, uh, oh, Eric Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. It was Eric Freeman. Fine. After, after yeah. securing the first couple, you find it easier while pitching to other people as well as, you know, the conf- you have more confidence as the more people you rack up, you know? 100%. And it was a lot easier to get the nightmare people once we had, like, one of them. Because we're like, hey, you can yeah. play with them again. We were actually turned down by two nightmare cats. People. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because the role, it wasn't the lead or, you know. Because, again, these are five shorts. I mean, I didn't expect to even get who we got. But, um yeah, once we got, uh, I think Danny Hassel was the first one to come on, um, and then Lisa Wilcox, and then Brooke Thies. Uh, she she was like, oh, I'm going to play um, Danny Hassel's wife in this, and I'm going to get to see him again, you know? like this is Yeah, awesome. which is kind of awesome, because, like, you, I really, you haven't seen either, I haven't seen either one of them in anything I can think of, like, off the top of my You're head right. in yeah. a while. Um, <laughs> Danny pushes, I mean, since he had his daughter and got married. Like he, I see him do a lot of like promotions on the band that he had yep. for his wife, but I don't really yep. see him posting anything too much about being in filming. Just yet, some so. conventions. No, you're right. Yeah. Just some conventions. So it's kind of cool to see him coming back. I guess you could say out of retirement from films or whatever. I think there was like one thing in 2011. And then before that, who knows? I mean, it was even longer, you know? Yeah. Uh, there, there's been a long time between film work for him but he I'm, was he was excited i mean he he was super excited especially um i don't know if it's just that he's not looking or he doesn't have an agent anymore i don't know what his scenario is i really don't um like looking for work for him i don't know um but he was pumped when i asked him and once i said hey we're, we were thinking of you for this went, what do you think and then he read it and he was like this is great absolutely sign me up um and he, that's before i even told him who was in it so, and plus at that time, we only had like Lynn Lowry in it. Yeah. At that point, anyway, um, we were, we were thinking about the other nightmare people, but anyway, no, that was, that was huge. And then Brandon is good friends with, uh, Brooke Thies's, um, uh, her husband, who's also been in the, uh, bazillion films. I don't, I, I don't know his name. I, I can't believe I don't know his name off the top of my head, Dallas but anyway, he, 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 yeah, he's done like action stuff and, you know, yeah. So Brandon knew him, worked with him. So they had a relationship. He, he knew of Brooke through that. Um, and there was another one that, that, uh, Brandon broke down. Oh, well, Brandon brought on Reggie. Um, he was, he's worked with Reggie in the past in a couple of films, um, you know, lower budget stuff. And, um, so Brent, exactly. You know, Brandon, wrong with that. 
And then come to find out, Felissa and Brooke are, are neighbors. Oh, there you go. Yeah, in L.A. It was crazy. I didn't even know that until I was interviewing Felissa, and she told me. I'm like, wow, it's <laughs> small world. I believe um, Felissa's married to the guitarist of CKY, I think. Is that true? Yes, that is yeah, true. Dar- Darren or Daryl, I think it's his name. I remember that fun fact from the old. Yeah, no, it's, it's it, again, that's crazy. He was a super fan, and he hunted her down, and she she loved the fact that he was, like, obsessed with her. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of hard not to be obsessed with her, though. I know, like I said, I the, the, the personality alone, like, you're, you know it's going to be a good time when she's around. Exactly, and I do got to mention, there's a couple other cast members that, you know, they, we try, we, again, I try to be as diverse with this as possible, so I try to hit a lot of subgenres. Now, I watched this, this, podcast not podcast this video thing on youtube called horrible views um, horror reviews and it's hilarious this guy hugh gallagher he does them um and he interviewed uh I, I watched it because he interviewed um or reviewed uh her name was krista by james l edwards my friend and then i saw a couple of his other episodes and there was this one with this girl jackie kelly and she was in this movie called Tennessee Gothic, you know, an, an independent film. And I'm like, I think I've seen her in something else before. And I did. I saw her in another film called In Memory Of, which was really intense. Not a horror film, but like just this dark, intense movie. And I'm like, wow, that would be awesome if we can get her in here. Yeah. And then same thing with like Sasha Graham, who through James L. Edwards, he, he's worked with her in old Tempe films like Polymorph, Bloodletting. Um, she's a whole bunch. But uh, I you know, reached out to her. She was super thrilled to be a part of this. Um, Adam Clevenger. Rest in peace, Tempe. They went down. They went down last year, right? Yeah. So basically, J.R. Bookwalter's just been, you know, re-releasing everything in 4K. I mean, he's been working hard on, like, you know, doing or getting everything um, from shot on video look to, you know, to 4K and and re-releasing all those films, which... uh, So he's still busy. He he has this thing called MakeFlix now, and it's not even... Tempe, but they sell all those old films. Um, but again, it was fun. Book Walter, I always appreciated him. You know, it'd be cool to get him on the show because he's really like that first indie filmmaker that just happened to have. He got Ramy's Ramy and like Bruce Campbell. I think Robert Tate. Correct. The support of them, like it's what every it's what all of us horror filmmakers dream of. Exactly. Mr. Ramy, Mr. Ramy's gonna come out of the sky and help us out. You know what I mean? He drove uh, up to Michigan and back from from Ohio, you know. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Conference. It's, it's yeah. a whole different time. You don't get that no more. No, and then uh, Scott Spiegel ended up being in that movie, uh, that first movie of uh, Book Walters, uh, The Dead Next Door. I think Bruce um, too. Yeah, they played cops. He did. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> right. Oh man, I haven't seen that in a little while. I gotta watch that. Shot again. on yeah. video uh, masterpiece. Though. You know, it is. You know, again, I'm I'm not the biggest shot on video fan, but I. I yeah. I have seen those, you know, and then now that I would became, you know, I became friends with James L. I was, I had to watch all of them that he did, course, he was in, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, you know, it was some, some good stuff. Um, the people you got to talk to uh, that you were fans of, which one had the most impact on you, you know, talk shop about film. Whew. That's tough. Um, I think it'll be better when I'm actually on set and physically get to talk to these people, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but like over the phone, like I said, um, C. Courtney Joyner, and Jeff Burr, it's kind of like, I mean, James L. Edwards, I, I can't say him because, I mean, even though he has helped me the most, yeah. it's like, he, I, he's too much of like a friend of mine now. It's, it's like, you know, how do I put it? Um, it's like my buddy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd say like uh, Starstruck would be like Jeff Burr, who did uh, Stepfather 2, um, From a Whisper to a Scream, 
Leatherface, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Um, he did uh, Puppet Master 4 and 5, and so on and so on. Um, so that, Old Pumpkinhead 2. I mean, he did a bunch of those films that I loved as a kid, or rented, you know what I mean? And, and yeah, having yeah. him talk to me, and actually, he's going to be looking at a couple of my scripts Word to up. direct. So, I mean, that's going to be, you know, massive. That's huge. Oh, cool, cool. Yes, yeah. exactly. And then see Courtney Joyner, I reached out to him to see if he would write one of my scripts for me. And, you know, he reasonably, he said, you know, we can definitely do that. Just not write the second because he's busy wrapping up some book stuff. He's been writing Western books lately. But anyway, he wrote a shitload of movies that I loved. A lot of full moon movies and even not full moon movies. He, he directed Class of 99. Yeah. Um, and uh, he directed uh, Lurking Fear, which is a full moon movie that he also wrote. And, um, oh, Transfers 3. Uh, he wrote and directed that as well. So, I mean... That's um that was a, kind of a shell shock. Any of these full moon people? Because again, I'm I'm like a, if I could be Charles Band, I would. You know what I mean? Like that's you, you and Billy Coyne. I was right? just gonna say the same thing. Now I know why him and Billy are friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're exactly. A, we're, gonna, we're doing a full moon episode in the future. We'll have you back with Bill. Oh man, I can tell you. Oh yeah. Well, I, I, you won't. They they're not even gonna need us because no. Hello, we'll, show, we'll do two of them talking. We'll do it on your channel. Or yeah, yeah. your podcast. Yes. <laughs> we'll just chime in every now and then. I'll just sit here and look. <laughs> Go ahead, guys. Have at it. <laughs> and uh, in a situation like Sam Raimi in the dead next door, ideally, if you could have your way, what older horror filmmaker would you love to come into the picture of seasons like like Raimi did on the dead next door? Oh, like um. You mean like, like, like financially? In, uh, do a nice cameo for you and give you some guidance and try and help you out almost under the wing. Like, like oh. what horror filmmaker would be the most, them step approaching you for work would be the most uh, jar on the floor situation. Uh, it, it, oddly enough, I mean, not oddly enough, I just said it. I mean, it's Charles Band. Like, that's my idol. He's the reason why. I'm horrified <laughs> to hear that. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I'm horrified to hear at, that. At, well, but listen, that's it goes... Like, Wait beyond. Yes, 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 yes. That's like me saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy you your favorite sandwich," and you say you want a ham and cheese sandwich. That's what I, <laughs> no to Charlie. Me and Billy worked. Me and Billy worked for Charlie Bands. So no offense to Charlie. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Listen, it's one of those things where, ever since I was 14 years old, you know, I was, you know, or 13 years old, you know, member of the the fan club. I watched. Yeah. All, I, I listen. I'm the reason why Full Moon stayed in business in the north. You know or the Northeast Massachusetts is because I went to every friggin' video store and rented all of them. You know what I mean? I think Billy and, might uh, beg to differ on that one. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he, he's got, you know, Boston and, uh, you know, but I, North shore, man, I, that was me, you know? And uh, again, like he, that was the reason. And plus those video magazines at the end of the films, yeah. um, that's what really seemed like that behind the scenes is really what got me into wanting to get into filmmaking. Yeah. Um, the actual filmmaking. Like I, I said, you know what, this is doable. You know, look at these people. You know, but then I didn't realize how much money it would cost. <laughs> but uh, same way about trauma. That was my kind of take with trauma. It's like they're yeah, you know they're they're doing things and they're doing entertaining films for you know not even not even percentages of what other people need to do. Exactly. I used to get angry with with my like classmates who would like tell me that Mandroid was a bad film. You know, and I'm like, well, what the fuck are you talking? Like they're they're like, no, no, no. Like you know, Shawshank Redemption. You know. Um, you know, uh, big budget yeah, yeah, and I'm like, no, 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 like, for you got, they don't understand that, like, the limited budget, the fact that they had to shoot this thing in Romania, 
with like people who don't even speak you know English. I mean, it, it was like a really tough time in the in the winter. I mean, it was brutal, and like they pulled this off and they made an enjoyable little film. I'm like, I, that's that show. Like, I was looking at it like that, not looking at it like, oh well, you know, it's not the greatest acting in the world. You know, it's not the greatest lighting in the world. I'm like, well, no shit, because they didn't have millions and millions of dollars. Well, were these film were these film student students or regular? No, 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 just regular people. We're I was going to say, yeah, film, we're doing film a students style where you know he worked at like a, a a news company or whatever, and was taking the equipment on the weekends when they weren't using it at the studio to film a broadcast <laughs> type of deal. Your typical yeah. film students don't re- don't re- usually look at full moon films in high regards. No, no high school no, kid, high school I, students for sure. I get it, you know what I mean. But at the same time, that's my love, man. That's been my love. Uh, uh, I know, and I respect the love, and I like full moon. Hey, there you go. Yeah, that's that puppet master. <laughs> and I, I, I like full moon. Like I said, me and Bill worked <laughs> for full moon. We worked for the full moon, Charlie. You know, they're good folks. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate like the puppet master film, head of the family, very underrated. Very underrated full moon film. Love it. That's that's Charlie Band's favorite film he's done. And I'm like, yeah, that goes even beyond like uh, you know, Empire films and even Charles Band's productions, even before that. And that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't start re- you know, a lot of people think that full moon is just I mean, Charlie Band is just full moon. I'm like, no, 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 it goes Empire Pictures were phenomenal, dude. Yeah. Troll, Ghoulies, uh Reanimator, yeah. uh Terrorvision, and so on and on and on sure, and on. Yeah. Yep. And then even before that, with Taurus Trap and, and, um, and Parasite, I'm like, there's, there's some really good stuff in there, man. Yeah, I'm with you. Way back. Yeah. I like to give Charlie hard times, but it's all. I know. Everybody does, man. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to back him until the day I die, man. It's nothing but a Charlie thing. You know? Yeah. That's when you know somebody has love for something. You know, when you support it, no matter how bad things are or, you know. Oh, yeah. Love is well, love. Doesn't matter I, what it is. <laughs> I was about to go fly out there recently and really just cause a ruckus because, you know, I've been getting sick and tired. Well, actually, also, that's part of the reason why I started Subsoil was because Full Moon went to shit. And there's no, there's no excuse for it. You know what I mean? Full Moon has gone to kind of like dog shit and re- regurgitating old footage and this, that, and everything else um, in the last 10 years, really. And, um, you know, I, I felt that he needed a slap in the face or something. I tried to, to, I tried to watch that coronavirus movie. It's not, yeah, it's like and children I, of the something it, footage. Yeah. Literally, yeah. It, it was so horrible. I think I watched maybe, if I'm lucky, I got through, and it was only maybe an hour long. If I got through 15 minutes of that movie, it's a miracle yeah. because that was like really pretty bad. So, what ended up, exactly. So, what ended up happening was, um, I guess they just announced uh, Miskatonic Universe or Miskatonic U that uh, they're going to do a little TV series with William Butler, who's going to be directing that. Um, so that's going to be like, you know, uh, HP Lovecraft type stuff. So that kind of goes back to the reanimated, goes back to like from beyond and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm like, that's cool. And then they announced that his empire had like 40 different films that they advertised and brought to the film markets, but you know, and never actually made. And they brought back one called cast sex, um, you know, combining the words cassette and sex together. Um, they had a poster for it, everything back in the early eighties, they were trying to shop it around. And anyway, he's, he's bringing that back saying they're going to film that in 2021. And then there's also, uh, well, exactly. But I mean, most of the films, every single one of the films is a ripoff of something. Um, but even, you know, from retro puppet master, Dr. Death, uh, they're going to give him his movie. Like they gave blade in 2021. And then now uh, they announced another one too that started to have di- oh ginger weed man. I'm like ah whatever. But anyway, it sounds I like watch that. <laughs> guilty. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like he actually is starting to give a shit again. So that that that's the, you know well, I'm really excited about that. that. With, gi- with what they call it, ginger weed man. 
Ginger Weed Man. Is it the first one? The first one is the best. The first Ginger, oh, ginger, weed ginger man. Dead Man. Yeah, so Ginger Dead Man. So it's like a playoff. Ginger of Dead Man. Weed. So Evil Bong and Ginger Dead Man. It's like Hi, uh, babies. Ginger, yeah, <laughs> I think they did in like uh, the Versus film that they did. Um, I, um, I remember Charlie was actually selling like associate producers credit on, on like the Evil Bong movies reasonably cheap. That would have been right up your alley, man. You would have loved that. I know, I know, and I, I just, I wasn't in that world at that time. At that point, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I regret, dude. Even uh, they came out with uh, an Empire box set, yeah, you know? and uh, yeah. they had an Empire book and everything else, and I, I missed out on those, you know, and because um, I wasn't in that space at that time, I was doing other shit. Absolutely, he'll take bids on the one he has. He actually is letting me borrow it, so <laughs> so I can, And I've been showing my my twelve year old all the movies in it, you know, and I get getting to watch them with him, and that's been awesome, you know. Yeah, it's great bonding time, and and like right now, having to be stuck at home. Yeah. What what better way to you know get some father son time than bonding? Get him off the Fortnite. Yeah. Get him off the Fortnite into into Empire, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, put him on a, a course of making movies. Maybe he'll want to make movies someday, just like Dad does. It's yeah, as a matter of fact, I. You're right, and and, and you mentioned uh, what was it uh, Charlie Band about uh, you worked for him? Did you work for him at the the, the cons there? Yeah, convention convention thing. Yeah. Yeah, because I I saw that's it, how you know, I met them all. In Somerville, Mass, like back in 08 or something like that, he did the um, the tour. Was it 08 or 05? I can't remember what year it was, but it, he did like. Yeah. He did like the, the Charles Band tour thing. I went there and I bought, you know, the the disc set that had Lloyd Kaufman in it. You know, the Cinemaker. I don't know if you remember him selling that. Yeah, like the, like, to, it was his version. Yeah, of make your own damn movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He had a kind of yeah, but Lloyd was <laughs> in it. It was funny. It was like, how is he doing there? You know, but uh, <laughs> that'd be but a yeah, great versus movie right there, Lloyd. That would be cool. I'd like to see Lloyd <laughs> Charlie dying for like some sort of crossover maybe we should pitch that idea to them that's a golden (laughs) idea i want a part of that yes yes let's do it let's pitch that idea charlie versus lloyd we start by getting them to cameo in the film you know and have them like you know be uh duke it out against each other but then like you know or smoking a bolt together oh there you go yes they're lovers. Yes. Lovers. <laughs> yes. Yes. Weed brings everybody together. So let's have them do like some <laughs> kind of evil bong type ripoff movie where, you know, they're sm- or they can even be smoking out of Evie. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Yeah, the yep. full moon and, you know, the wizard movies and all that. Um, and Empire, oh, yeah, wizard too. Yeah. They're really good when you say you watch them with your son. They're great, like, uh, horror entry, you know, because there can't yeah. be enough not to horrify kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that was his thing. I mean, again, yeah. back in the day, he even said he didn't want to make slasher films. He he wanted to make uh, entertaining, you know, horror and science fiction and fantasy films that had a comic book feel to them, where like it could be like the audience could be a lot, you know, uh, more broad. But then as he got older and did more films, they were just um, and and he just got less creative. They were just about how many tits can you put in the film and how many drugs can you reference, you know. Typical, yeah. you know? And I'm like, uh, it was the story. Yeah, yeah anyway. too busy trying to evolve with the times, so... Well, trauma, yeah. has, trauma has that effect, too. I think it's a weird deal where, like, you, you start the kind... It's like you leave the path of what you're doing to try and cater to your fans more, but, yeah. like, while, while leaving the track, you're getting off of what they originally loved, you know what I mean? Correct. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and they're very, they're, you know, Charlie and Lloyd are, I mean, they are, dude, they should have a comic book. <laughs> they're like, I know, yeah. 
and then Roger Corman's like the king of both of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They could uh, they could wheel them around the ground. The horror trifecta, yeah. right there. What's exactly. Your, what's your favorite anthology film outside of you know, of course, yours? Your own. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, so far this one. Um, no, yeah. Um, that's tough because you know Ben had mentioned a million times. You know his influences that made him write this film was. Uh, it was creep show, yeah, creep show, and uh, tells from the dark side. Yeah. Um, but like I've seen everything from oh, you know, newer fans would watch Trick or Treat, or yeah. uh, which is good, and, and then um, yeah. But I remember Body Bags. I remember um, you know uh, Romero's Dead Time Stories, or um, I mean, I just love anthologies if they're done good. Yeah. You know, there's there's been so many recently where it's like, okay, we'll just have a you know uh, we'll get a bunch of different people to make a bunch of different shorts. And they'll just, you know, they'll have no budget and we'll just throw them in one movie and call it something. And I'm like, okay, but there's no continuity. There's no nothing. And I get, listen, I get if there's going to be completely different stories, but you got to, that's the thing about ours is that, yes, they're four completely different stories, but the wraparound ties it all together. Yeah. You know, it actually makes sense. Kind of like a creep show. More, so it's more like a creep show. But anyway, uh, creep show two, I actually enjoyed more than creep show one. A lot of people give me shit about that. Um, just because, you know, the raft, I mean, that alone was the yeah. one segment that like, I wouldn't fucking swim in my grandparents' lake. I mean, for right. years I after watching that it. thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I only go in pools. I have to see what's in the, you know, I got to see what's underneath. Um, yeah, that, that, and then, um, obviously old chief, uh, old chief Woodenhead. I mean, that, that, that segment with George, George Kennedy, I love him to death. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. Rest in peace. But um, that segment was awesome and powerful, man. And I loved it. It was fun and, and everything. So I guess Creep Show 2 would probably be my favorite. Boring enough, but yeah. I, uh, yeah, I get down with it. I agree with you. Part 2, yeah, equally as good as the first one, I think. They're very different. They're very different. You know, very they are. Part two, Creep Show about- 2 is actually more memorable to me than the first one was. Did you ever catch the third one, either of you? Creep Show 3? Like the, the um- version? A million people have told me to, and I keep forgetting. A million people for lying to you, my friend. No, a million people want me to see dog shit. And that's what it is. Exactly. exactly <laughs> yeah. They want me to waste my time. But no, I've heard nothing but bad things about it. Obviously, I, I did. I think I did see a trailer for it somewhere. Um, it wasn't even like an official trailer, and uh, it looked looked pretty bad. They've been pumping out new new uh, Tales from the Hood, and I love the original Tales from the Hood film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The second one of those was complete garbage. The third one, I I gave it a chance only because Tony was in it, and it wasn't it, that it? bad. It was no, it wasn't bad. It was way better than the second one was. Yeah. Like the okay, second I, one was I haven't pure seen garbage. The second. Yeah, the second one was pure garbage. I think Netflix is streaming it right now, but I was Which, like, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Garbage. Exactly. Like, yeah. So what I, do you guys... I love when they have new movies on there that you know are from like 1995. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you, what do you two um, uh, use for streaming, uh, preferably, when it comes to horror movies? I get Amazon. I got Netflix, Amazon. I'll dabble with some or, TV, like the free deal. Yeah. Um, usually, me, it's it's Amazon, Netflix, um, Tubi, because Tubi's been getting a lot more of the indie. Yeah, yes. two films on there. So, you know, I've been like, yeah. watching them a lot more. Yeah. The only thing that sucks is the commercials, but like that, I can deal with a couple of seconds worth of commercials, then, you know, like every five minutes having like 10 commercials. 100%. So, Tubi has like probably, you know, uh, one of the best selections out there for horror. It's just ridiculous. Um, and then for me, they have the, you know, the full moon you know, section there too. Um, yeah, cool. I, I've been doing that too. Yeah, <laughs> right. like, even with through Amazon, like I have Shutter and, you know, they have a lot of 
full moon. They, they yeah. have full moon, but like they have like a lot of the more mainstream, I guess you could say, horror that yeah. you get on normal streaming sites just yet. So I yeah, I mean, there's certain films that I mean, obviously, I, I before I even look, I, I look on my phone or Google usually tells you which you know what it's on for free. You know, I mean, whether it's if you have a subscription to any of those. Um, but Shutter has been fairly decent. Um, you know, I have Full Moon streaming too, and um, they even have films that aren't even Full Moon on there, which is really neat. Uh, like I watched Dead and Buried, which I, I can't believe I've never seen that before. Or Shockwaves; those are two films I've never seen before this year, and I'm like, holy shit, those great films. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know Tubi's amazing. You're right; the um, the commercials kind of you know map at the same time. If it's there and nowhere else, I'm just gonna suffer through those commercials, no problem. But Amazon, I'm telling you, they've been crushing it. With like, you know, killing Netflix with the the horror anyway. For real, um, they really are. Netflix is just dog shit. I mean, their selection. Yeah, I found like maybe two good films recently on there, and um, Our Home, which kind of surprised me. It's called Our Home, um, a newer film, and uh, it was actually really good. But other than that, I mean, it's all like, you know. Yeah, the majority of the movies that are on Netflix streaming right now, I already own. So yeah. it's like, I kind of want to get away from movies. I can just pull out a DVD or a Blu-ray yeah. and find something yeah. that I haven't seen yet. Or, you know, it really sucks with not being able to go to a movie theater to see some films, because I think, uh, I, I think we're starting to lose out on a lot of movies that would have come out because everything's being pushed back, you know, like Terrifier, yeah. Terrifier 2 should have already been out and yeah. Man had to push that. The new Candyman release from Jordan Peele got pushed oh, back yeah. because of COVID. That was supposed to come out this Halloween. The new Halloween movie was supposed to come out and yeah. got pushed. Yeah. So if, I think the streaming is going to be where it's at because it's either going to be that or, you know, the home video, the video on demand. Yeah, I think. get anything now. I think it's going to be right. It did be right on the new Halloween. They did again? Yeah, he kills people with COVID, not a knife. <laughs> hey! hey yeah. Oh man, I um, oh god, yeah. I, I oh, think boy. that drive-ins are going to grow. Um, I think oh, that that'd uh, be cool. I think that they're going to continue to grow. Well, obviously not in the Northeast, <laughs> unless it's summertime. Yeah. yeah, but um, they 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 were killing it. Uh, this last summer and fall. Um, they just need just to mainly... stop with the, They need to stop with the no smoking rule, though, because you know I want to be able to go in there with my vape pen and you know. I know. Me too. Why I watch a movie. I know. <laughs> I know. It, you know. It's but again, you, listen. I went to a. I went to two different films uh, since the pandemic in a movie theater. Um, one of them was at like a Chunkies and the other one was at, um, like an AMC and I went to the AMC and there were no concessions. And I'm like, how the hell can you do a film? I mean, how do you sit there and watch a film with no concessions? They weren't, they weren't allowing any in. Um, they weren't nothing. And I'm like, that's, that's bullshit. I'm not going to spend money to sit here and watch a film with no freaking popcorn. What the fuck is going on? So, um, that's when you go yeah. with the wife and you have her stick everything in her pocketbook because they're not going to go through it. She did a, cu- a couple, <laughs> a, yeah, a couple candy bars she was able to, you know, do. But, uh, no, the, the main thing is that, um, if they continue to do that because of COVID, uh, no, they're going to lose a lot of money. They, it's going to be done. They're going to be gone. I mean, they're renting out theaters now for, for anybody. Right. Uh, so you rent a theater for $99, but you can only have up to 20 people in there. How are they making money off that? Because again, no concessions. You bring your own food. They're just getting $99 for like two hours. Um, and if that, a lot of people aren't even doing that. So where are they? I don't know. The theaters are going. People are finding, you know, hey, you know what? Uh, as much as I want to get out of this house, because we're all been stuck for the most part in our homes. Um, but hey, it is comfortable. And we have access to pretty much everything. 
that we could possibly want, you know, movie wise. And so exactly. And then like, and yeah. if you have to go to the bathroom, you can pause it and go and, <laughs> and, exactly. and not have to worry about missing the best parts of the movie. Or out for a smoke. Yeah. It's yep. uh, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. I don't know. I just find, I enjoy, it's like, I've been preparing for COVID my whole life. Yeah. Not realizing what I was preparing for because like, I'm one of those people, I don't care if I'm going to go out or not. So I'm just as content staying home, ordering some pizzas and watching movies at home. So if I got to pay $20 to stream a new horror movie that's coming out, so be it. If that's what it's going to take for me to see something new. No, I think it's worth it. Yep. I I think that's the way it's going to end up going um, if this doesn't get any better, obviously. Um, Well, hopefully, you know, things get better. It's never going to be normal completely again, but I mean, at least it'll be better than it is right now hopefully um we'll see again, how it goes like, once once the vaccines start getting uh distributed yeah, <laughs> yeah i know yeah let's i mean uh, again something like i can't wait for something to change because again um i want to make this film it, yeah <laughs> exactly because it's gonna it's definitely got to be putting a damper on it because it's not you can't with all the you know different states are having with the travel bans or you go there and you have to quarantine for two weeks yeah, which which so. is kind of beneficial, but you you also in reality you can't go to like say you have to go to like seven different states to get it get your film feature done. You can't stay in each place for two weeks. To, you oh, know, no, and we can't for COVID. We can't, uh, you know, be perfectly honest. We can't afford to pay the cast to come into Massachusetts and quarantine and pay them for fourteen days before they even get on set. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's, my <laughs> God, that can't happen. So, um, that will be the gotta, biggest GoFundMe ever. Yeah, exactly. So right now we're, we're at 16,400 something dollars. Um, I know that there's someone who's going to be giving us an additional 300 tomorrow. It puts us at 17, $16,700. Um, we have as of tomorrow, well, again, I don't know, you know, you're probably gonna be this, Friday. How much of this is crowdfunded? Um, this, so basically we're going to be getting matched, whatever we raise. And then there's another potential, there's, there's other investors that we're going to probably put in some money if we show that we can raise a certain amount of dollars. Yeah. So we're, we're looking at like a hundred thousand dollar budget. That's our, our goal is we're going to be trying to get up to that point. Obviously we're not going to make that with the Indiegogo. Um, cause we only have, um, well, as of Tuesday, we only have 11 days left. So, or 12 days left. So, um, yeah, we're running out of time, but, um, we still have outside investment and also we don't necessarily have to film the whole we're not going to film the whole thing at once anyway so what we might end up doing is just filming the wrap around and then one segment in february and using that to get more funding so we can finish filming in um you know april or may but the point is if we have to finish filming by may in order to have this out and ready to premiere for halloween um so again it's not impossible we have a lot of work to do but um i felt that you know we have a very marketable cast i thought this would help us you know, tremendously in, in getting investment as well. And we haven't really been looking that hard on investment because we were trying to raise, just focus on raising the money, you know, uh, crowdfunding wise, so that, you know, more money we raise there, the more indie the film is, and the less we have to rely on investors. Yeah. Uh, more control for us, you know. Have you guys uh, thought about doing any kind of like fundraisers or anything? To help, um, like side we, fundraisers to help, like we, maybe local businesses or whatever that want to get aboard and help promote. Well, it's tough since you know. I mean, it's it's just tough right now because a lot of businesses are skittish just because of COVID and everything like that, and the economy, and a lot of businesses are like not doing so well. 
Um, but what we have thought of is um, we're going to do a Patreon that's going to go from when we stop our Indiegogo all the way through to the end of production because um, people who sign up to the Patreon, they're going to get exclusive like behind-the-scenes stuff that they're not going to get on the bonus features. Um, we're going to do behind-the-scenes stuff on the bonus features as well, but they're going to – and also Zoom calls and with cast and all this other stuff when they're on set. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff. Uh, some, some Maybe some, you know, prop guts with blood on it type of thing. <laughs> yeah. So the, the final week of the, the Indiegogo campaign, we've been holding off on a bunch of the perks for the last week because apparently, you know, doing research and stuff like that on Indiegogos, um, even Kickstarters, but uh, the campaigns, like the last week, you usually get the most money. Um, so we were saving some of the coolest parts, like, you know, wardrobe, um, and props, uh, yeah. And like, you know, screen used stuff, um, for that final week. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to be doing that. I actually have Ben and the line producer going through the whole script right now and trying to think of, you know, every single thing that we could possibly throw out there the final week, but we're going to hold off until then for that. But hopefully that gives us a boost. Are you guys still casting or? No, and that's the other thing. We could have made about another $10,000 if we just created new roles. But but people don't realize that unlike the other Indiegogo campaigns that are out there um, that are giving away, like not giving away, but they're like selling speaking roles with stars in the film. We can't do that because we wanted the stars in the film and those roles are filled now. So we don't have any extra roles. We, we had a couple extra roles that we can give you a line or two, maybe at best. Uh, we still have like I think eleven roles left that are just extra roles in a screen, you know, a, in a scene with Liz Rose or Jeremy London I'll or, sign or Eric <laughs> <laughs> I volunteer in tribute. <laughs> we have cash show cameo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I mean, you guys. I'm still waiting enough. for. I'm still waiting for somebody to murder me in a movie. Like that's my dream right there, and I'll and I can cross that off my bucket list. <laughs> yeah, we we have. Well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't I, even have to be a speaking role. Just like stab me with a knife, and I'm I'll be happy as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we have we we do have. I'm trying to think of like the other because we only had like one role, and we were trying to we were trying to we we're, we're trying to sell it on the Indiegogo campaign. So if no one buys it. We'll see what happens, but, uh, but I mean, <laughs> but, we, but I mean, there's really not many, I mean, most of the people that are going to die, I mean, for the most part are like the main cast members. And then, um, what was I going to say? Uh, the, the extra roles, which, I mean, you could be, you guys are more than welcome to come, you know, be extras and stuff like that. Um, at the very least, I mean, at least you get to be on screen for the most part, but, uh, um, but yeah, unfortunately there's not really any other like dying things. There's the one that we're selling is actually in this, the summer segment called red tide, which is pretty much the opposite of the raft. Yeah. That segment is literally, it's like the floor has lava, like on a beach. I mean, it's, I mean, uh, it's, it's nasty. And so instead of the beach, uh, the, the water killing it's the solar, you know, the, the, the sun, I mean, ends up burning the, the sand and then turning things on fire. So, with the role that we're selling, um, you know, is to die in the film is to actually burn up in flames, which is kind of cool. And yeah, ben, and Ben is saying that he he, he doesn't want like any CGI in the film. He wants to use real fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, oh, God. <laughs> that's kind of scary. 
I don't want that cameo anymore. No. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not. I, I I'm not getting set on fire. Yeah. No. <laughs> let someone pay for that one, okay? Yeah. And then I'll give you. Let you guys join the the gardening cult, and you can be in that one with Felissa. And like, I don't care if I'm sitting in a car, Diana Prince, and by and you know flipping somebody off as we drive by type of deal. Well, that would be cool too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. But yeah, I mean, I think that Stay we cold. have. We could definitely fit you guys in the harvest. I mean, that would be cool. I mean. It, we're trying to do more uh, on-set. You guys are local. We're trying to do more like on-set visits, do maybe an inter- interview or two from the set, and we'll pop in the background if, if, if capable, you know? But, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we've been uh, pitching ideas about starting our own Patreon and, you know, doing that yeah. kind of thing with, you know, whatever level they're doing, you know? Yeah. It's the American way, baby. Yep. <laughs> it's what it seems, you know? I, I, I tried it in the past, and it's just a pain in the butt to get going. But once you get it going and you figure it out, it's uh, a lifesaver. Yeah. yeah. So how can how can people follow you on social media? Oh yeah. So uh Subsoil Films, pretty much everywhere. It's it's uh Twitter's at Subsoil Films, Instagram's at Subsoil Films, we're on that slasher app too. What else is there? Um oh yeah, Facebook, Subsoil Films. We have a Facebook group uh for seasons, is seasons twenty twenty one. Um, which is really cool. We do watch parties and stuff like that. You can see some of Ben's other shorts that he's done. Uh, there and um, and then I'm all over social media, just Tim Millican. So you can find me. I'm like one of the three Tim Millicans on this planet. One's in Alaska, the other one's in Australia. So <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one in the United States. So this episode on the East Coast. Yeah, this episode will be up next Friday. So does that give you anybody time to go look at that Indiegogo page if you set it now? Let me see. Um, what is today's date? Today is the first of December. Sorry, okay, so our campaign. Ends on the thirteenth. So if, the, if the, the final day is the thirteenth, folks. So, yeah, thirteenth yet. Ain't lucky number thirteen yet. Go to the Indiegogo page. Uh, just seasons or seasons movie or just seasons. Uh, seasons. Uh, yeah, I think it's just seasons or subsoil films. I think I threw in there too, but uh, okay, seasons. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, it looks good. You know, there's been a lot of good buzz going around. The poster looks really cool. I love, I'm a big sucker for anthology films, and you got a great cast going. So I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out. Like I said, local, you want us to come by the set, we'll uh, do interviews. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and we can give you stuff for bonus features that we record, too. So hell yeah. And, uh, definitely. Keep it fun. But yeah, it was a pleasure. Support the, lo- support the local fam- horror family. You're coming out the gate swinging on this one, and I really can't wait to see the finished product. Thank you, and I can't, you know, thank you, Billy Coin, for um, tagging me on that post you made to, to get me on here. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to become friends on there. That way, we, you know, once everything's here, we can tag you guys and you know yep. make sure everybody gets the the love they deserve. All the tags that Billy Coin does is equal to the, the, the blank checks he steals from shock treatment behind our backs. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Billy's a good man. Thank you, Billy. I love Billy. Link up. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're, thank you for joining us and taking time out of your night. Yeah, thank what, you. What is your local drive-in? Are you a men, you Menden or? Uh, no. Oh, no. Um, I actually go either uh, is it Hollis, New Hampshire, okay. um, or... No, I, I, I'll i drive over to Topsfield. I'm trying. Me and Mel have talked about try, when things get a little more normal, try and get group drive-in 
uh, little parties together, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess Menden is about the same distance as Topsfield, so yeah, it's like an hour and twenty from here. You'll love their, bad. you'll love, you'll love their setup. They got a whole like fifties diner style concession. Nice. Yeah, yeah they got like, fire. Uh, one of the screens has all fire pits, so you can sit out there. They got a beer hut, so you can like grab your beer, sit by the fire pit, and watch your movies. And like this time awesome. of year, because they'll go until it's too cold to show movies. Yeah. Like they, they have a whole Christmas thing coming up this weekend. They're showing uh, some Trans Siberian Orchestra, Polar Express. We, yeah. You sit by the fire pit, you have a beer, and you're good. We don't <laughs> want to promote them too much. They refuse to play my movie, so we don't want oh. to promote them too much. But <laughs> no, I'm just saying, just for the atmosphere alone, they like yeah, they're no, the ones I'm, I'm out by not showing your movies. Yeah, <laughs> they should play the movie. Uh, See, like the AMC thing, uh, you know, the theater rentals, they, they won't let us rent it to play our movie. You have to watch whatever movie they're kind of pushing at the time. You can pick from yeah. a list. Yep. If, they, if we could play one of our movies, great deal. But uh, even with 20 people, it'd be fun. But yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Listen, you guys should do that. You should basically offer. Well, they won't let us. Yeah. No, we tried. Offer, We've tried. Offer, <laughs> I contacted I contact everybody. You tell them to say no. Instead of 100, I'll give you 200. And then, you, you know, you'll let me do my thing, you know, because that would be awesome to have like, two, you know, just even 20 people that you guys would like, maybe your patrons or something like that. Get them in there. You know what I mean? That's a good idea. I, yeah. I, I threatened to kill their kids. I probably won about. We figured we'd threaten to kill their kids, make another movie while we're at it and get a couple of lawsuits. There you <laughs> go. Days they can't. They don't have time to think. That's what yeah. Mean. Yeah. Well, but, Tim. Fantastic. Thank you guys. It's been great. Thank yes. you for coming on. No, I appreciate it. And I really do. Can't wait to I see, fun. really can't wait to see the fin- finished product. Yeah, for sure. When it, you know, like I said, if you want us to come down when you're doing it, that's cool. If not, that's cool too. And hit us up when it's ready to roll and uh, we'll, we'll get, get, get have you guys back on. Again. We'll get more of you on as a group. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, man. I appreciate that. Thank you both. Uh, I really, I really right, appreciate thank it. Thank you. All right. Have a great night. All right. Thank uh, you, you, too. you. Thank you. Stay safe. Right. You too. Bye. Bye. And that was our pal. Tim Melikin, executor, producer uh, uh, at Subsoil and owner, on- huh? <laughs> uh, owner and executive producer. <laughs> true fact, true fact, and yeah, executive producer on the upcoming seasons anthology film that's looking to be a good time. I think Billy Coyne is involved with the seasons film, but uh, yeah, check out all the social medias and stuff, and if. If, uh, if there's time, check out the Indiegogo, you know what I mean? He got some cool perks. He said he had some cool perks up there. Um, maybe you can act alongside us in, in, the, in the deep background of a film. Or, you know, get to say a line if you've never met, like, Felissa or Reggie, and, you know, get to be in the scene with them, even if you're just getting, you know, saying hello. <laughs> <laughs> we should go back in time, and me and you should play... The, the the reporters in the Groundhog film. Oh God, that would be hysterical. Uh, we're, I'm gonna when we we're gonna George Lucas the Groundhog film one day, and I'm gonna superimpose me and you in there. <laughs> I, I keep I keep picturing us as like the two old Muppets in the in the balcony over there, Waldorf and Statler. Like that's so us. <laughs> I'm gonna us to like 17 years old, like uh, opposite Irishman style. <laughs> there you go. I like that. I was recently on the, the the Dorkening had us on there. Our Papa Bear Leo Pond had us had me on there. We're gonna get, try and get on there as a team soon. 
Um, I know that we've talked about me and Mel over here, Mad Mel, talked about having Leo and Kevin on uh, in the mix, having them on our show. And Leo's talking about doing a New Year's shindig, uh, which will be cool. You know, right now we're kind of developing, figuring out the deal for our our Christmas, uh, the Boombastic Media's Christmas edition. Um, and with that being said, maybe we'll see Leo uh, on in the Christmas edition. You never know. A little never know. Man himself. We're uh, good at pulling miracles out of thin air. And a big, uh, uh, maybe from Kevin in there. Kevin wasn't there last night with my interview. I hope all is well. I hope he doesn't have issue, no big beef. You know what I mean? Um, I hope he's doing good in rehabilitation. <laughs> that's not, how rumors get started <laughs> no, no he's a good man the operation went successful and he has a penis on his forehead now <laughs> okay no kevin's our dude kevin's the man i think we're gonna have kevin leo on uh the show soon and uh catch up with those boys over there and uh yeah have another have another big round table discussion hell yeah so if anybody's looking to hear that interview it went up immediately. It went up live and it was up immediately on the Dorkening. Wherever you see Dorkening, listen to Dorkening things. Um, you'll see it. Look for my name. Look for my name in the bright lights. And that'll be the episode. A lot of fun. We'll talked a lot of things, you know. Um, but hell yeah. So, uh, Mad Mel, do you want to say anything in closing, you know, or, or, or anything? How you look? Are you looking forward to seasons? I am looking forward to seeing this. Uh, it's got a stellar cast, a yeah. bunch of people I look up to and admire their work. So I'm, you know, like I said, he's coming out the gate swinging with this. So I, I'm really another, excited to see yeah. it. Another local dude coming into the mix. It's nice. Yep. So, I'll always support. I always support the hometown guys. You know, so and gals. <laughs> so. The reason why I like the show, you know, you get to meet these people. Uh, yep, because I didn't even realize he was local. Exactly, Munda. You know what I mean? Which is cool. He seems like a good dude that we would get down with. So, uh, futuristic things. Hopefully, you know. Yep. Very nice. Very nice. Well, with that being said, Mad Mel, um, I guess we'll wrap this wrap up. up. Another episode of Shock Treatment. We'll catch you next. Flip. Are we ever going to start teasing our future guests and such? We got a guest next episode. Maybe we're, but... we're we're knocking it down. We're killing it. We're, we're we're fucking killing you all with guest over intake of all these guests. Um, we're looking for feedback. You guys digging the fact that we're doing guests? Or you like the segments? Should we con- should we retire segments and go completely guest? Should we do what? What do you? Oh my goodness! No, there's so uh, many options. But I like I like I like the way we're doing it. Unfortunately, yeah, we're gonna do it how we want to do it. So I don't know why I said. Feedback. You can give us your opinions. It doesn't mean we love your opinion. We love your opinion and we might, we'll take it in. You know, all your opinions come in. Anthony Thurber reads our emails. Okay. And Anthony Thurber will delete your shit, tell you you suck. You know, give a fuck. (laughs) He's the king. Um, Thurb, I know Thurb's listening. We're thinking of the Thurb over there. Get happy, bud. Whenever you get down, think of the show. Smile. Uh, All right, we'll catch everybody on the next episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and Marty.